0: A new project maps the food, energy, and water supply chains of every community in the United States. Big data is getting really big. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Ben Ruddle is an associate professor in the School of Informatics, Computing, and Cyber Systems at Northern Arizona University. He's the leader of a team of engineers and data scientists who have put together a map showing the sources of every U.S. community's food, oil, gasoline, natural gas, electricity, and water. And it's all available for public viewing through the website known as FewView. Today I'm speaking with both Ruddle and Richard Rushforth, lead research scientist on the Fusion Project. He'll talk about how this immense initiative came to be, how they tapped multiple data sources to assemble the map, and its many potential uses. They include the ability to better plan for natural disasters and to improve supply chain sustainability. For the first time, we can actually see how food, water, and energy moves through the U.S., and discover how we're all connected by these precious commodities. So here is my conversation with Ben Ruddle and Richard Rushforth. Ben Ruddle, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Bob. It's great to be here.
0: So the Fusion Project, an initiative for mapping food, energy, and water supply chains for every community in the U.S., sounds like a huge undertaking. What was the genesis of this idea?
1: Yeah, the genesis of this idea is in the university world. So this is the first time anybody's tried to do something like this. What we were looking at about five years ago was an answer to the question of how can we map all the connections In the U.S. economy and ecosystem, how can we describe those as a network and how do we apply our statistics and our science to understand the structure of that system, its vulnerability and resilience and also sustainability issues like water footprints or greenhouse gas footprints in the economy? That's where it came from. And then we applied for funding from the National Science Foundation, which was awarded. That's federal basic research money that went to Northern Arizona University and a team of partners around the country to really pull this off. And it is a big effort. We are using a variety of public information sources that are taxpayer funded, along with some of our own academic sources and work, to build this complete map of that system in the United States in the community context.
0: Did you have any previous examples of similar initiative that, on which to draw, or was this really a first-ever thing, you guys really that's blazing a new trail?
1: Well, so we always, as the saying goes, stand on the shoulders of giants. There has been a lot of work in the supply chain management and analysis world in recent decades, lots of work in logistics, lots of work on network science, and network theory. Some of that came out of the World Wide Web in the late 90s. We started to, in the late 90s, have for the first time data available to describe the social networks that we live in, the economic networks. And so if you have the data and the computing power, it creates the ability to dream big and start talking about what if we map out this whole system for the first time. And that was really the trigger. A lot of these ideas are old and they're built on a foundation of work over many decades, but it's that availability of the computing power and the data that is new, and that allows us to tackle this kind of ambitious project.
0: The computing power I get, the data from social media and the like, I understand that, but that doesn't necessarily give you information on physical movements within the supply chain. Where do you get that stuff?
1: Yeah, so I'll answer this, and then I'll hand it over to Richard, who may have a different and better answer. This information is commodity flow data. It's storage and stockpile data. It's infrastructure data, and it comes from dozens of different sources. And most of those sources are federal agencies that are responsible for collecting statistics in different parts of the economy or regarding our transportation system. The magic that we do here is in pulling all those different sources, doing data fusion on it to create a pile of data, which is hundreds of gigabytes, hundreds of terabytes even. And it comes from many sources, and we have to harmonize that. You have to bring it together in a cohesive database where all those different sources and pieces of information talk to each other.
0: Let me bring in Richard Rutherford here. He's the lead research scientist on the Fusion Project. Richard, could you chime in on that question about how you got access to the data, what your inputs were?
2: I think you bring up a good question of where is the data coming from that tells us where things are moving between origin and destination in the economy. And so the core data sets that we pull from are the U.S. Commodity Flow Survey produced by the U.S. Census, the freight analysis framework produced by Oak Ridge National Labs in collaboration with the Department of Transportation, and electricity flow data produced by the National Renewable Energy Laboratories. And taking from these core commodity flow data sets, which at its essence is a survey data product, so somebody somewhere in a business has filled out a survey saying, I'm a manager here at this business. For this type of business, we send these types of goods to somewhere else, and this is the amount. And with these data sets in mind, we pull from additional data sources from the USDA, the Energy Information, the EIA, Oak Ridge National Labs, the EPA, Bureau of Labor Statistics, Department of Transportation, USGS, US Census, and Bureau of Economic Analysis to figure out how we can downscale these commodity flows and provide a little bit finer grain detail about the data contained in the larger federal data sets.
0: How long did you expect this initiative to take to digest all that data and turn it into usable information that would create this map?
2: It's been a multi-year process. For each of the data sets that we pull in, we definitely have to do a deep dive into how the data was constructed, what data is contained within the data set, and what are the potential other data sets that could be related to it produced by other federal agencies. So it's definitely a multi-year endeavor.
1: (laughs) The raw commodity flow survey data and much of that raw data collected by government statisticians, is pretty sensitive. It's very private. It tells you a lot about your business and your business supply chains. And so what the federal government does is they aggregate that data and they scale it up so that we don't know anything about your individual personal supply chain or your business's supply chain. But what we do know is something different and really valuable which is we know what the sum total of all of your community's businesses and individuals' supply chains look like. So we're working at a different scale than your typical business supply chain manager would work at. We're working at the scale of the community.
0: Other than the fact that this is a pretty cool idea, what did you see as being the practical value of this undertaking?
1: There's a number of practical values that we see which go beyond the scientific value of having this description of the system available to researchers. So, the first and most important is emergency management. Currently, we perceive a need for emergency managers in communities to understand their supply chains. During a disaster, 95 to 99 percent of your goods and services in your supply chain that's medicine, fuel, food, other types of supplies 95 to 99 percent of that is supplied by the private sector. The government just doesn't have the ability to kick in that much supply that quickly. And so this adds a new dimension to emergency management, the ability to understand your vulnerabilities in your supply chain, to prepare, to mitigate those, and to anticipate when an event happens, like let's say an earthquake in California, we now have a map that shows all the other communities in the United States exactly what their connections are in the supply chain. And so they can adapt that way. Another practical use is in the sustainability world. So if you have a city sustainability manager and they want to know what their city's greenhouse gas footprints look like or their water footprints, we can tell you that now, and we couldn't before the launch of this tool set and database. Or if someone wants to know, where's my food coming from? Is it locally sourced or not? How much of it's locally sourced? We can now talk about that in a data-driven way for every community in the United States. We also anticipate that this will be very useful for teachers. And just for the general public, because we're providing this information through a public web interface called FewView. And that interface allows you to click in there and actually see for yourself what your community's supply chains look like. And it's accessible for uh, just about any American at almost any level of education. You'll be able to see that with your eyes. And we think that showing people those hidden connections is very practical because it shows you exactly how you are connected to others in the world through the economy. It makes those hidden connections very visible to you. And I think that really just changes your whole perception of your place in the world when you understand how you're connected in a really specific way.
0: Do you see any application of use to the commercial community, to the business community, too, as companies look to forge the most efficient supply chains they possibly can to be able to look at this map and to see where the most activity is and how they might work with that? I mean, is there a possible use there?
1: Yeah, so at the tactical level, Bob, meaning purchasing decisions and individual business decisions, that's not really where our tools sweet spot is businesses already have a lot more information than we do about their operations. But at a strategic level, this tool is really useful and important because it allows you to go and look and see where are the hubs of supply? Where are the vulnerabilities or risks in the system? How can I locate a business if I'm trying to invest capital in a major operation somewhere? How can I locate that in a way that is intelligent and that establishes the right connections And that balances those connections so that they are durable and resilient and not super vulnerable to any sort of event like an earthquake. So strategy, yes. I think it's very relevant for that, especially for medium to large businesses. I'd like to add on to
2: that as well. We've had organizations reach out to us asking those type of strategic questions. Where would be a good location to put this type of facility if we want to look at the most efficient way to harvest this type of commodity. Those high-level strategic questions, I, I think, are very readily answerable with these data.
0: Now, I'm going to link in the show notes to this episode to your site, which will let our listeners go look at an example of this map when it launches. But even that being the case, I would just like to get a sense now, what will it look like to a user? First of all, how you access it? Will it just come up on your, you know, bring it up on your laptop or your PC or something? And secondly, what are you actually literally looking at? You're looking at a physical map with a bunch of different colored lines? Or what am I looking at that indicates these things that you found and will be part part of the map.
1: Yeah, so when you go into Few View using any modern browser, it should work fine. And what you're going to see on your screen first is a little bit of training. It's going to show you a selection of scenarios, which are science art and science communication. And they're going to give you examples like, let's illustrate how the gasoline supply chain was affected by Hurricane Harvey. Or let's illustrate how the global supply chains would be affected by an earthquake in Los Angeles. Or there's some fun examples in there too, like where do Colorado breweries send their drink and who drinks from Colorado? So you're going to see those examples. You can browse through them, pick them. You'll get a little training. And then as a second step, you're going to look for the build your own scenario tool and you hit that button and that lets you select your own community. It lets you talk about whether... You want to look at flows out of your community. That's things your community is selling and exporting or things that are coming into your community. And it lets you pick between lots of different types of goods and commodities. You can pick food. You can talk about energy. You can drill down into specifically meat and seafood. You could drill down to look at your natural gas supply. And then there's lots of other stuff in the supply chain, too. It's not just food, energy, and water, although that is our focus. You can look at machinery, electronics, just about anything in the supply chain you can select there, and you're going to get a map of exactly where your connections are for your community. There's also a benchmarking feature that allows you to compare and see how your community stacks up. For instance, if you want to know whether your community's supply chain water footprint is above or below the national average, you can bring up the benchmarking tool, and it will show you your per capita water footprints. And you can then stack yourself up and see where where you compare.
0: Does it show you transportation capacity and infrastructure, like, for instance, does it show you highways, rails, barge capacity, air capacity, and then also the underlying infrastructure, or is that not part of the tool?
1: Not yet, Bob. So we have plans to do that, uh, but what you're going to see here is version one. It's the very first version of the system. So it's on our roadmap, but we don't have that routing and mode of transit information or infrastructure capacity displayed in the current FUVIO tool. We do have a lot of that data, so if anybody's interested in working with us, give us a call and we can dig into that, but it's not in the public system yet.
0: In terms of determining and being able to look at like the reaction in an emergency situation, can I look at this map and, like, enter a particular time and date and see what it was like? Like, is it time phase? Can I check to see what the situation was like at any given time? Or is it, is it real time? I mean, what about the time aspect of this and how it changes?
1: So the current tool is going to give you a simple high-level overview of your annual totals in your supply chain. So that's how many tons or dollars or a water footprint gallons are in your supply chain In a year and the year that you're going to default to here is a year between 2010 and 2012 and the reason for that time lag is that we have a lot of time lag in data processing so right now the real-time data doesn't come from our sources it takes up to five years for the feds to process the statistics that they collect and release them and then it takes a little bit more time for us to get them into the system So the current system you're looking at has data that's 5 to 10 years old, and that's okay. It's post-recession. I think that it actually reflects the current state of the economy fairly well, but it's a little bit dated, and that matters more in some sectors than in others. So, for example, something that will have changed in the last 10 years is that we're doing a lot more international trade. China is more important in the supply chain. And there's also been a lot of changes in how we generate our energy. Renewable energy and natural gas and and American oil production have all increased dramatically. There's some changes there. Now, let me talk about where we're going. The next version of the system is going to have a time history back to roughly 1950. And so that's going to let you see how things change over time. But I can't talk too much about that yet because we are working on that presently and haven't released it yet.
0: Do you hope and plan to close the gap regarding the timeliness of the data to make it more recent than five years?
1: Yes. The source
2: data sets that we pull from, for example, the Commodity Flow Survey, it's produced every five years. Years ending two and seven are the time coverage for those data sets. Once the 2017 Commodity Flow Survey is published by the U.S. Census, there's going to be a lot of work to put into understanding that data, ingesting it, uh, seeing what the major differences are between 2012 and 2017. I think the latest timeline on publication of that data is going to be later this year. There has been some setbacks on timelines, but it should be later this year that we have the next data set that we can start playing around with and analyzing and getting into View.
0: Have you secured the necessary funding going forward, whether from the National Science Foundation or other sources? Because this is obviously going to be a continuing source of cost as you make the model available and develop it, correct?
1: We have not secured that funding yet. That's a great question. And we are currently looking for those partners, both partners who'd be able to provide us with richer and more timely data and also partners who are able to help us with the cost of operating the system and generating the products.
0: Well, it will certainly be interesting to see how this develops over the years. It sounds like a fantastically valuable tool and something that might actually change our perceptions of the way that we move products and goods in this country. But we'll definitely be looking forward to that. And as I said, I'll include in the show notes to this episode more information for our listeners to go to your site, the Fusion site, and also see the uh, FewView map. But in the meantime, Ben Ruddle, I want to thank you very much for being with us to explain what you guys have been doing over there at Northern Arizona University. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Bob. And Richard Rushforth, thank you also for being with us.
2: Thank you very much, Bob. This has been a great conversation. <music>
0: That was my conversation with Ben Ruddle and Richard Rushforth of Northern Arizona University, talking about how they map the supply chains of every community in the United States. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain